Welcome to the show, my dear friend, Tommy Choi, who does not need any introduction because number one, you've been on the Real Estate by Relationship podcast before, and you're kind of like a legend in real estate and you don't want me to read your bio. So you tell everyone about you. The short I don't version. want I don't want you to read it because it's just so boring. In yeah. 2022, almost 2023, we should just be able to Google each other, right? I agree. But I'm I agree. Tommy Choi. Grateful for you having me again. I gotta ask now, how many other guests have you had multiple times? Am I part of like an elite club? You are actually, I think you might be the first. I'm just saying, I you might are. Need like uh I, like I some think... sort of green blazer that says, you know. <laughs> Our bats, two-timer club. No, you are. I think you actually are the first. The reason I have you here today is because, as you all know, we talk about relationships here. We talk about how to do business in a very um, efficient manner here and ways that feel good, that make you want to go out and do your business. But like Tommy just said, we're in 2022, the tail end of 2022. We're recording this in November of 2022. I always like to give people context when they come back and listen. But we're in a new market. Things have changed. You and I have been around a long time. You are a team leader of, I believe you have your own sales team and you own and operate a Keller Williams brokerage, correct? Correct, correct. How many agents do you oversee total? On the Weinberg Choi team, there's 16 of us. We're a top 10 team out of 19,000 realtors, um, which six of which are in sales, rest are operations. And then we have about 500 uh, realtors a part of the brokerage. Perfect. So you see a lot. And this is kind of a follow-up to last week's podcast from my good friend, Holly Lucas, who where we talked about and really drilled down into and kind of uncovered the concept of there's going to be a lot of really good real estate agents. So you're a good agent. You know what you do. You take great care of your clients. You get them through the transaction. You know the contracts. You know the disclosures you keep them out of trouble, like all the things you really act in a fiduciary capacity, all the things that we do. But good agents are not going to survive and thrive in 2023 and 2024 unless they wake up and become great business owners. That's really what I want to unpack today. So when I say that statement to you, like, what do you, what do you think about that? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Yeah, 100% agree. And here's what I'd say too, since like 2012, right? Since we came out of the last recession, I would have to say, and this is not, you know, talking bad about anyone that's newer to the industry in that time, but the market was really different where you didn't have to really work, work, work to get business, right? So a lot of people were going off what I call just their God-given talent, their skills, okay? We all know back in you know, grade school or high school or college, we all had those friends that didn't have to study for exams or do really homework, but they would still pass the test, right? Then there's also people uh, that those that played any sort of team sport, right? That would half-ass it in practice, didn't really take things seriously, but game time, they were on, right? Mm -hmm. Reason being, those people were just working off their God-given talent, right? Mm-hmm. What happens is eventually that talent hits the ceiling and then mm-hmm. you start to plateau, whether it's just in your business, getting complacent, or sometimes when things you can't control like interest rates, recessions, yes. Yes. that'll force you there. Now, the people that shatter through that ceiling, they're the ones that were in the library every night doing a couple hours of homework, staying ahead of their coursework, studying for the exams, or uh, on the field or on the court, the ones that after practice, 
They stuck around, took 100 shots, took extra Mm -hmm. batting practice, right? Those people, what they were doing, were creating habits through a system Mm -hmm. that eventually you get to that ceiling point and that person now is shattering through that glass ceiling and you see their business take off. Yep, That's what's going to happen. And that's what's super important. We're starting to see that now, at least regionally in Chicago, but also 2023, probably for the next couple of years, where those people now that have created those systems are going to be able to replicate and duplicate, right? Yep. Their successes. Yeah. They've laid the foundation. Like I've always said, anything done in real estate consistently over time works, right? It's about how much time, energy, and money does it take. What you're talking about is like, for me personally, I have built a business by relationship for 20 years. I've laid those foundations. The relationships are very nurtured. I've done the work. I'm going to still be rewarded in this market. It's when we see really good practitioners who didn't lay a lot of foundation, who were running with the speed of the market, did a great job for their clients, got the deals closed, did a lot of them. And now they're waking up in the tail end of 2022 going, the phone stopped ringing. Exactly. Like it stopped ringing. And it's because the phone doesn't normally ring magically. Like that's the problem. Agents got into habits and routines that weren't sustainable through a let's call it slower market, right? So that's really what I'm interested in interviewing top team leaders across the nation is let's just start out. What do you think a great agent, aka great business owner has to do in 2023 to differentiate themselves? So a couple of things, but I'll tell you what it starts with. And if you haven't been doing this, don't freak out and say, oh my gosh, I'm behind the eight ball. I'm doomed, right? You can start today, right? What do they say? The best time to plant a tree 20 years ago and today, right? Absolutely. It starts with you have to religiously track your business. Mm. You have to track everything, right? Tracking your activity, tracking your business. Start with this. Look at every closing the last five years you've done and track where the source of that business mm-hmm. came from. Was it an open house lead? Was it a referral from someone in your SOI? Get very granular, right? You can say if that if it's someone from your SOI and it was from your kid's school, from college, mm-hmm. right? Fraternity brother, right? Whatever it is, get very granular and specific on it. Then once you've done all that, look for patterns. Where's the majority of your business coming from? Because if if the majority of my business, let's say 25% of my business this year or the last five years came from open house leads, then I can look and see, wow, I did, let's just say 100 open houses. So if I want to do that again or do more or compensate that now because interest rates are going up and the buyer demand might be shrinking a little bit, I know how much activity I need to do to replicate that. Yep. It's yep. it's really simple when you break it down and you're actually auditing and tracking where your business is coming from and now looking at the activity that you did to lead to that source. Yep. Now just double down on it, especially in this market we're entering into in 2023. Yeah. I think doubling down and realizing you have to do more is so important for agents to wrap their head around. So you know me, I'm the relationships girl. I'm the girl that has worked a database consistently for 20 years and I really haven't had to do anything else. I do open houses, you know, I dabble in them when I do them when my team can't cover for them because my seller expects it, but I'm not doing it to really lead generate. Right. I tried door knocking, got chased by a dog. That went <laughs> off the off the radar. Um, I've dabbled in internet leads early in my career and realized they're not a great use of my money, right? So relationships really has sustained me. But even 
even I'm looking at Harold and I's personal production and saying, we got to double down. We got to add to our database at a rapid rate. And we need to add some other things in this market because I do believe the size of your database can only proportionally create so much business. And a lot of that depends on what kind of market you're in, right? Like my database isn't going to move in 2023. My actual past clients who have bought or sold real estate with us, who are sitting in a home at a 2% interest rate are not going to move. I'm going to have to rely on them knowing somebody, right? Which is still going to happen. We're still going to get a ton of referrals, but we have a large database and I don't even think it's enough for this market. And so I'm encouraging agents, you need to double your database. You need to double down and you need to add something else. Everyone, in my opinion, needs to choose. If you work relationally and that's your primary focus, you need to choose something else. I prefer it to be something you can do relationally and with a good use of your time, energy, and money, but you need to do something else. Join a new group, get more involved in the PTA, start getting to know your neighbors better and and farm relationally around the home you live in. Get a really good grasp on social media and a real big content plan. YouTube. I mean, there's so many things that agents can do, but there's got to be something more. Well, and so here's the thing. And something more doesn't necessarily mean something different sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? It's like the same reason why, you know, I can't, I have a hard time losing weight. Part of it's like my intake of food is outpacing. I think it's your intake of red wine. (laughs) I think it's your intake of red wine because it's true. I really want to know where the heck you store all that wine, but that's for another podcast. That's another podcast, another another conversation. Okay. Keep going. But listen, for people that anyone that's tried to lose weight, right? There's like a billion different things we can do. I can cut carbs. I can run. I can go CrossFit. I can do Peloton like you do. And we all try doing like four or five things at once because we want a shortcut to the results. And what happens? Burnout, right? Same reason why you don't door knock because a dog chase you. Same reason I don't door knock because I just don't like doing that. You live in Chicago. You live in Chicago. It's a little different here. Can you even door door knock in the winter? (laughs) Is there door knocking in the snow? It's it's a little difficult, a little challenging. (laughs) But, you know, if you just focus on that one thing, though, you know, let's say I just cut carbs, I'm going to I'm going to lose some weight. It might not be as quickly as I want it. So it's looking at that and seeing how there's different ways of cutting carbs. Right. So Mm. I'll give you the the secret sauce to to our wine break choy business. Right. Like I mentioned, we track everything and we just like you our relationship based 89 to 91% a year is where we fluctuate a percentage of referral business. So we are now in a people business. So we understand when we goal set at our advance, we know that this year and every year, to be honest with you, we roughly convert about 17 to 18% of the amount of people in our database. Okay. Mm, okay. So now this year, if we sold 200 homes and next year we want to do 250, I can just do the math backwards and say, Hey, we just need to meet a thousand new people next year because we're going to keep our conversion rate the same. Mm. So now mm-hmm. what do I need to do to meet those thousand people? Right. How There's are you a- going to meet a thousand people? So for us, we break bread every day. That's a, that's a, uh, an activity I have to do. I have to eat lunch every day. Otherwise I'm the most miserable person to be around. So I'm not going to do that by myself, sitting at my desk alone, eating food. Right. It looks like right? I'm eating a salad. That never happens. Right. <laughs> Let's pretend it's a burrito bowl. Right. So five days a week, Monday through Friday, because weekends are, are sacred to, to me and my family. When I have lunch, 
I'm setting an appointment to have lunch with someone, right? Mm, okay. Three, like that. Three, three o'clock in the afternoon, I hit a wall. I don't, you know, work out and ride the Peloton like you do, Barb. So <laughs> my body doesn't produce natural endorphins. So I have to manufacture them through a cup of coffee. Okay. That happens every day at three o'clock. That's something I don't do. I don't sit by myself and drink coffee alone. Mm, I invite okay. someone to have coffee with me. That's okay. two. If I'm doing that five times. That's 10 people in one week alone, right? Now let's not forget about different community events you can go to, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. different charity, nonprofit events you're a part of, right? School. The list is if endless. You're, yeah. the, it's endless. There's yeah. just putting yourself out there and being intentional, okay? Mm -hmm. Yep. Can I share one more uh, secret? Share all you nugget? want. This is about okay. you. So people always, when I share this, people are like, well, what am I supposed to do? I go to this event and like, what am I supposed to tell people? Right. Always just have one statistic, one data point that's going to set you apart as mm. an expert, right? Because mm. there's so many people we run into and everyone knows so many different realtors. And, and the most common thing I hear when people, the net, number one thing people ask when the realtor walks into the room is always like, hey. Barb, how's the market? Yep. Right. And the most common thing is either, you know, this spring and be like, oh, insane, on fire, like yeah. nuts. You know, like what does yep. that mean? Yep. Right. Those are adjectives, right? Don't be that person, right? Don't be the person that goes, oh my gosh, like, you know, bubbles bursting, slow, like interest rates. Share a statistic. Like for me, the one favorite thing I always like to look at. The National Association of Realtors has this awesome survey. They, they uh, surveyed buyers and sellers last year. Yep. And the data is broken out regionally. And so one data point I always like to see is in the Midwest, it shows the age brackets of buyers last year. Okay. So I know in the Midwest last year, 51% of all buyers were under the age of 40. Wow. That's a really, really important stat. Wow. We're talking basically... Half of the market is millennials, right? So that's yeah. when people are like, hey, TC, nice to meet you. What do you do? I'm a realtor. Oh, how's the market right now? Well, interesting you ask. You know, last year in the Midwest, right, in the Chicagoland area, 51% of all home buyers were under the age of 40. Millennials wow. are really driving this market. And the other person will always tilt their head and look at me and nod really confusingly, like they know what's going on. But that means I'm in. The right head. side of their brain, yeah. right? I yeah. know they're like, holy crap, this guy knows what he's talking about, right? And yeah. every time when I leave these events, I always make a point, shake hands, say goodbye. It was so nice meeting you, Barb. And instantly, those people, handful of them will always be like, hey, that thing about millennials right now that are buyers, I have this condo in the city. You know, I've been renting it out. And I think it's perfect because I bought it when I was like in my 20s. You know, I, you think it's a good time to sell right now? Great. What's your email? What's your number? Let's talk. Yeah. Let's right. And then stay in touch. Adam's your database. Those are those things. Just yep. have that one piece of information that's specific. I love that's all that. you need to know. I love that because honestly, I do the same thing. I am like, oh, the market's great or the market's this or the market's that instead of having a fact. And what I like is you're almost saying like, you can, you can set it up by saying, listen, you know, a lot of, a lot of people think it's not a great time to buy right now, but mm -hmm. did you know that in Southern California, our prices are still slated to go up 3% next year? So do you want to buy a home now at 7% or do you want to buy a home next year at 7% but 3% more expensive? Like which one do you want? Like that's what we're asking people. Mic drop. When you go at them with like the you're right with the facts and let's face it, you and I are both huge fans of the National Association of Realtors and all the information they put out and Dr. Yoon is putting out daily quotes, yes. like daily pieces of gold that you can use and cite and quote and say 
one of the biggest economists, well, the biggest economist in real estate, the biggest name in economy and real estate, Dr. Lawrence Yoon is saying, I mean, he just said it today. Prices are slated nationwide 1% next year, 7% drop in sales, but 2024, we're supposed to rebound right back again. Right. It's like, it's crazy that the information and data is at your fingertips. Absolutely. And, And that is so important going in to next year. Because as we all double down on our activity for me getting face to face, right, with Mm -hmm. people to be able to educate and position yourself as the chief real estate economist for that person, you're going to see showering of business and referrals and information and outreach because that's what we need to do because that's where you stand out as an expert in this field. Well, you know, I keep saying we came out of the pandemic market. The pandemic market was our clients wanted a house. They wanted a home. They didn't really care who came in the home, right? They didn't really care what realtor was sitting in there. They were just like, get me the house. And now we've transitioned where people are going to be choosy about who they work with. They're going to want a trusted advisor. That's why I say this is the professional's market. And in my opinion, it's the best market to work in because clients are looking for value. They're looking for a guidance. They're looking for someone to take them along that road, which they're very confused and very scared. And if you don't have the facts and information, right, you're just going to run around saying, well, the market's okay. It's a great time to buy a house. And you're just going to fumble and not sound like you're an authority on anything. Now is the time to switch your mindset of not looking at it as the pie is shrinking next year, but more so that this is an opportunity for my slice to get even bigger. Absolutely. I could I could not agree more. Because let's face it, you and I both know we have 1.6 million realtors right now, approximately, and we're going to lose some. I mean, that's yeah. just a fact. I mean, NAR is estimating that. California realtors are. I'm sure Chicago and Illinois mm-hmm. are. Like, we're all projecting through budgeting that we're going to have a drop in membership. That's going to be your opportunity. The strong will survive. It same thing happened to me during the great inconvenience of 2007 and 2008, right? Exact same thing happened. I remember going on appointments in 2009 and 10 when the market started to improve. And what I would ask my sellers is I would say, listen, if you're interviewing anyone else, I want you to ask them a question. I want you to ask them if they were still selling real estate or were selling real estate full-time in 2007 and 2008. Because a lot of my colleagues took a break when it got hard. My husband and I didn't. We built our business during that time and we're still here because this is our career. And nothing against part-time realtors, nothing against people that are trying to make it in this business. But if you're doing the business and then you go away when it's hard and you do something else and then you come back when it's easy, I'd argue if you're a professional, right? I'm jacked up right now. I am pumped up. I love that. It's really true. I'm ready to run through a wall. And that's why I'm so passionate about this podcast and all the training and everything else I do, because I want all of my friends to be around. I want you to thrive. I want you to see that there's opportunity and you need to stop reading the freaking headlines and buying into them because that's what agents are doing right now. They're buying into, I'm supposed to be scared. They're buying into, you know, the market's going to crash. They're buying into, it's not a good time to buy a home. They're buying into, I can't sell real estate at 7%. We'll talk to someone that sold it in the eighties. Yeah. Now I know prices were different and incomes were different and everything was different, but okay. We could go on forever about that topic. Let's talk about routines, habits, calendars. What are the daily habits and routines you see agents applying right now that are making them the most successful or that they're going to need to apply in 2023? So it's all about setting yourself up for success, right? And so for me, and this is our team, we know where we have the greatest window to do 
the hardest things and the most important things is in the beginning of the day. Yeah. Start, right? Yep. So for us, our rule is do the hardest thing by noon, mm-hmm. by lunchtime, make sure because then after that, no matter what happens, you can feel accomplished. And typically mm-hmm. for us, the hardest thing is lead generation, right? <laughs> Making that outreach to our database. Yep. Get it Let's done. Clarify. It's not hard. You just don't want to do it. Exactly. It's actually exactly. not hard. So because it's the biggest pushback. No, it's not hard at all. Yeah. You know, so I'll give you another uh, another uh, hack to getting kind of the group. We're going to call this day. podcast Tommy's Hacks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So when it comes to routine, habit, and our calendar time blocks, right? Yep. Uh, 9 to 11 every morning, that is our lead generation time. And yep. so here's the thing. Lead generation is such a dirty word because people like they start to cringe and get, you know, like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what that means. That's cold calling people in 2022. It's making a touch, being able to solicit, uh, elicit a response. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's text message that sometimes that's DMing on social media. Sometimes that's a phone call, right? Mm -hmm. However, you can elicit a response back for us, liking a comment commenting on a post that is not eliciting something back. You're just putting something out there for them to see, right? Messaging people. Mm-hmm. So for us, especially I, I'm old school, I still like calling people. So sometimes I need to get my juices going. So I set myself up for success and make the first set of calls I make every day, birthday calls. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's super easy. Facebook will tell you every day, of the people you know in Facebook land, whose birthday yep. they are. And we all know like not everyone's like a close friend. Some are just acquaintance, but pick those people. Yep. Same same thing, especially it's just fitting in the fall, right? Whether it's your favorite college football team or your NFL team, all week long, they're practicing plays. And the one that they're practicing the most is what they're going to start the game off with when their offense is first on field. Those aren't just made up plays. They practiced for those, right? Yeah. Same thing. When I am first time picking up the call, my phone to make calls, I want to practice something I'm familiar with. And that's calling Barb to wish you a happy Happy birthday. birthday. Yep. That's a great call. No one's going to hang up on you. They're only going (laughs) to shower you with love. Even if you get a voicemail, which 80% go to voicemail, you're leaving a happy message. You feel good building up that momentum then start making the tough calls, right? Yeah. Yep. That's the hack. Do that. But for us, 9-11, non-negotiable by noon, no matter what happens the rest of the day, I feel so great because I've accomplished yeah. the you hardest checked it off the, list. the day. Exactly. Yeah. I, it's funny you mentioned ha- tricking yourself into lead generation. Everyone on this podcast that listens, you know, religiously knows that I hate lead generation. I hate making calls. And so my hack is my lead generation says MSD messages. That's not a drug. It's make someone's day <laughs> messages. Mm. And I am sending outgoing messages every single day to my database that are just making their day. It's either, like you said, happy birthday. It's just checking in on them. Or I go to their social media prior to sending it and I find something that they just posted about. And I send out a message with regards to as long as it's relative, right? Not something they posted four weeks ago, but something they posted a day or two ago, right? Engaging, connecting, starting a conversation, but it has to be about making someone's day because I 
loathe lead generation calls. And I, I, I just can't stand them. And I think it's because I was programmed back in the early 2000s when I started in real estate to cold call and door knock, which is completely transactional and not relational. Yes. It can turn relational once you get to know people, but it's very salesy and feels very like, who do you know who wants to buy or sell real estate? You know, have you thought about buying or selling a home? Or do you know anybody who wants to buy the home down the street? Ugh, right? But reaching totally. out to make someone stay, to love on them, to nurture the relationship, to take it a step deeper, that stuff I can do on a daily basis. And so, so I do have here, to trick myself. I have to highlight it, it's, you know, you call it tricking yourself, but what you're doing, and that's where I think the majority of the apprehension with wanting to pick up the phone or reach out to someone, this idea of lead generation for most agents is because they're like, what am I going to say or exactly. do? You're exactly. starting with the end in mind. You know, yep. you want to make someone's day. Yep. So it takes the thinking out of it. For us, we have three things, right? When we lead generate, we either invite them out to an event. Mm. We invite them out to having lunch or coffee with ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Or we're asking for some sort of introduction to someone, mm. right? So we it's know- specific. Yeah, we have those three things. Because remember, I, I we need to meet a thousand people next year, right? So I'm yeah. always asking- for those introductions, like who's someone that's cool, right? Who's someone that I you like that. that I haven't met yet? So those three, um, we're asking one of those three. So we have it written on paper. We're looking at where I'm calling. You don't hang up that. the phone until that. So then you just have that end in mind. I love that. I just love that mindset, right? Because half of our battle in life is our own mind, right? It's the things going yes. on between the six inches between our ears. That's really half the battle in life. And it's half the battle in this business. We talk ourselves out of, they don't want to hear from me. They don't want to talk to me. That's not true. That's not true at no. all. As a matter of fact, sometimes just checking in on somebody to say, Hey, I was thinking about you guys today. How are you doing? How's the family? How's life? How's school? How are the kids? How was the vacation? It's amazing the responses you get. And then what I teach agents to do, and I'll repeat it a thousand times till I'm blue in the face, is the magic is they're going to probably ask you, how are you? Or they're going to ask you, how's the market? Or how's your business? Once they do that, they just opened the door for you to ask for something. If you would just listen, then you have to, like you said, you have to be prepared with what you want to say, right? But when they ask you, Tommy, how's real estate? Is everything I'm hearing out there true? Is like nobody buying houses? They just gave you a huge opportunity to educate and then ask. Absolutely. And you've got to take those opportunities when they're given to you. And and what you touched on, right? Just loving on people. Mm-hmm. There's a power to that. A majority of my days, I'm leaving voicemails. And I'm so super okay with that. Because a lot of the times it's super easy and I'm just loving on them, right? Yeah. I, if I get your voicemail, I'm saying, hey, Barb, it's Tommy Choi with Weinberger Residential. I'm just calling to say hi. I was thinking about you. I love following you on social media. I saw you were in Orlando. You were so involved in your industry and association. Yes. Super inspiring. Just want to say hi. No need to even call me back. Just know I'm thinking about love you. Love it. Always get texts back. Oh my yep. God. Like, yeah. Uh, you made me feel so special because yep. how yep. often are we doing that for each other? We're not. We're not. And Nobody. That, and that that leads to opportunity because then what happens when you're at brunch you're and your friend or whoever's around you just talking about how they need more space. You're going to instantly say, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, talk to my friend, Tommy. Absolutely. Or it's out. the layering effect of all the other marketing you're doing. Like hopefully yes. you're mailing something to your database every month. Hopefully you're emailing them every yes. month. You're posting on social media. You're doing stories. You're doing all the layering effect that leads to that phone call. 
popping you up to top of mind again, or the phone call comes and then the next day your postcard comes and then a week later your email comes and then you've got a party coming up. And before you know it, you're the constant person in their mind, but it can't just be a bunch of mail and email that isn't going to do it. There has to be a personal touch there. So lead generation is on your calendar, I assume. So every day, Tommy's calendar nine to 11 is time blocked for lead generation. Let's talk about time blocking because it's the number one thing that I wish more realtors would realize the power of. And I talk about this time blue in the face right now, because I really know it's going to be the difference in some realtors businesses from the perspective of I fought time blocking for years. Coaches would tell me time block. And I tell them, I know it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. And it's like, it didn't work for me because I didn't freaking do it. That's why it didn't work for me. (laughs) Once I realized that the power in it is that you are time blocking in your priorities and what's important to you. And once you really realize if it's not on your calendar, it's not a priority, which means if your lead generation is not on your calendar, there's very few of us as sales agents that are naturally driven to lead generate every day without being reminded. So what does go on your calendar and what doesn't go on your calendar? So I love this question. Also, I love that you just went like this and you came out with a coffee. I, how do I, how do it's I It's actually do that? a medicine ball tea because <laughs> I'm not feeling so hot, Tommy. That's right. So, that's but right. For everyone that's listening, I did just magically get a Starbucks handed to me in the middle of our recording because I, I have great people in my life. You do have great people. Okay. So time blocking starts first with, with demystifying this idea of time management. Exactly. You can't do it. Sorry. There's no such thing. I just got really excited. Yeah, because listen, I can't say, okay, I'm going to go watch Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever, which is almost three hours long. So time, pause. And when I'm back (laughs) in three hours, let's continue with the day. Time is moving forward, whether I like it or not. Right. So you can't manage time. Now, my hack for me, which helped me with the time block, is understanding what I can control may not be time, but what I can control is the activity I choose to do in the 24 hours I'm giving. So look at it as activity management. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it that way, then it's really easy to look at, okay, how many hours you want to dedicate to your business? And now let's divide that out to what is important, right? So for me, it's all about activity management and what I need to do. And so like I said, that 1911 time block is super important. That's that's where I call money-making activity. Yep. That's how yep. we're going to generate more business. From 11 to 12, now that's my follow-up time, mm-hmm. right? Love that's what I need to now for the last two hours, things I wasn't responding to, yep. I can also respond back to. And you know what the beauty in that too is? You start to see some threads and chains and text and email where a problem was presented at 9 a.m., and by 11.01, when you're ready to respond, yep. it's already fixed. Yep. Like, oh, we got figured out. No problem, Absolutely. right? We don't Just need you anymore. Show. Patience, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. Then from noon to 1.30, I mentioned, right? I can't be hangry. I'm a diva if I am. Yep. So uh, that's my my break bread. Do I eat for 90 minutes? No, I'm allocating 15 minutes on the front end and the back end to travel to get to where I'm going mm-hmm. for lunch, right? Mm-hmm. Then from 1.30 to 3, I'm either doing more follow-up, or I'm going on appointments. And for Mm -hmm. me, it's listing appointments at that time, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then three o'clock, right? That's when I shut down. So I need coffee, three to four. I'm having coffee with someone, sometimes Mm -hmm. two with that. Then four o'clock to about six o'clock, more um, listing appointments. And then after that, I'm shut off. Family time. Family time. Family time. Yeah. That's it. Rinse and and repeat. 
You know, what's interesting is you can get into really good habits and routines when you realize that whatever's really a priority to you will get done. And that's why I'm, once I learn to put everything on my calendar, whether it's one of my thing, passion is forgetting to call people back, right? Mm -hmm. We're all human. You have a conversation with someone today, a client, and you say, I'll follow up with you tomorrow. I'll call you tomorrow afternoon. I don't know if you're like me, but you're human and you're going to forget unless you put on your calendar to call someone back tomorrow at three o'clock. Like I put everything down to the granular level on my calendar. And what people tell me is, well, I do too, but I make a to-do list. And I always tell them your to-do list ain't following you around all day. I guarantee the to-do list is not jumping out at you at 315 and reminding you to call that person back. I have nothing wrong with a to-do list, but my passion is then put time on your calendar to work on that to-do list. Like if you need to make a to-do list during the day, then at three o'clock in the afternoon, put admin time or or to-do list time or whatever the heck you want to call it, make up a name for it because that stuff isn't going to magically get done if you're not prioritizing it on your calendar. What's on your calendar will get done. You know what helps you prioritize too? And this is going to get super meta. You have to time block time to look at your calendar. Absolutely. Sunday nights. I call it, we call it dashboard time in in our world, right? So it's Sunday nights. I have 30 minutes where I have dashboard time and I look at the next seven days ahead and color coding, right? We all do it. And color coding is very important uh, to us because then I don't even have to physically read everything. I'm always looking for green. Greens are uh, break breads. Yeah. You know, listing appointments, whatnot. So if I don't see a lot of greens up on my calendar, now I'm staying ahead. And I know Monday, I need to hit the phones and get some of these appointments. I need to find people to have lunch and coffees with me because it's important. Or if I see, you know, my assistant put in a coffee with, let's say like some loan officer, no offense to the loan officer, but that I can just do a phone call with that person. That's not money. I don't Mm -hmm. have to have coffee. So that's a great time for me to say, hey, let's reschedule this to call. Now I'm going to fill this spot. It it. helps you understand what's going on ahead of your week so you can prioritize what's important and stay ahead versus be like, oh my gosh, what am I doing today? What? You know? Yeah. Okay. Tell me a little bit about before we wrap up, because we've we've talked about so many things as far as systems and habits and really what it comes down to is it's not brain science. It's putting everything on your calendar and making lead generation a priority and doubling down on your activities, right? Doing more. Like if your goal in 2022 was you had to do 10 connections a day to your database, right? Which is 50 a week. You probably need to do 15 or 20 now. And then people are going to tell me, but I only have a hundred people in my database. And I'm going to say, well, then you need 200. Like you got to start getting serious about meeting people and adding to your database. I could not be more intentional or you're going to have to go do something else. Like you're going to have to suck it up and go door knocking. You're going to have to suck it up and do some more open houses. You're going to have to actually get serious about social media and create an actual content plan. Like you're going to have to do something, but marketing wise, like to your database, to your spear, what does the Weinberg Choi marketing plan look like? So it's consistent first and foremost, mm-hmm. right? We have a plan, we have a consistent. The other piece of it is we have a budget. You have to budget things out because a lot of times when you don't do that, you try something and you want instant gratification. And after a month of mailers, you're like, this doesn't work. I can't spend this money. Yep. Budget out to try it for at least a year, year yep. and a half, right? Yep. That's when the results happen. But that being said, once a month, we send out a postcard. Yep. We're old school and it's great. Yep. Same reason why Bed Bath & Beyond still sends out those 20% off coupons. <laughs> and I have a drawer full of them. And I don't. I can honestly tell you, I don't even know where Bed Bath & Beyond is in uh, Chicago. We might not have one, but they've trained me. It probably right? closed. <laughs> they trained me that when I need an espresso machine, I'm going to get 20% off on it. 
So yep. these postcards that we send that are just listed or just closed postcards to our sphere, our database, they're evidence of success. So from the mailbox to the garbage can, when they throw it away, they look and say, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Tommy's got a great listing. Wow, that's an awesome house they just closed. Just yep. like Bed Bath & Beyond did to my head, I'm digging myself in their head yep. saying like, he continues Absolutely. to sell. Top of right? mind. Yep. Once a quarter, we do a client appreciation event. Okay. Yep. Q1 is family event. We basically throw a big birthday party for a kid, right? And we invite all of our, uh, our clients that have families. Okay. Uh, Q2, we do a charity golf outing. Q3, we do uh, just a summer mixer, right? Cocktail party outside. And then Q4, we do Thanksgiving pies. Okay. You people do something outside in Chicago in the summer? <laughs> That's when we live in the summer. <laughs> That's when we're the greatest city in the world in the summer. <laughs> I've been right? to Chicago numerous times in the summer. It is hella hot. It is hot. It is yeah. hot. But you should be used to it. You're Southern California. But we don't have humidity. We're, like we're a little bit more friend. humid, though. You, That's a it. little. That's it. A little, a little. It, a little. it just makes you appreciate air conditioning more, right? That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's the spin. Gratitude. Okay. And then fourth right? quarter, you do pies. But fourth quarter, then we do pies. Okay. Then we're we're calling. And typically, when, by the time we've, at the end of the year, we've called everyone in our database just two times, right? Two calls. That's, that's How hard is that? scary, exactly. right? Exactly. It's awesome. And then we pepper in educational events, okay? Whether it's a first-time home buyer seminar, first-time home seller seminar, uh, empty nester seminar, right? We're putting those educational pieces and that we leave to the individual salesperson, which whatever they want to do. Gotcha. That's it. it. And you know what's crazy about that is is I think people overcomplicate it, right? They overcomplicate what they really need to do. And at the end of the day, it's relationships, it's consistent contact, it's creating a level of trust because people won't refer you unless they know you, like you, and trust you. Yep. And then it's being real intentional about it to where you truly care and you're not just showing up for the paycheck. You know, you're the last podcast I did with you, we talked about the deposits and the withdrawals, which I use all the time. And I always say it's my Tommyism, but it really is true. Right. Yeah. You can't start asking for withdrawals till you've made de- enough deposits. Why is it so much easier for me to talk to my best clients and ask for business? Because I've poured into them because I'm there for them because I do everything they need, get them all the referrals they need, get them the connections at restaurants, get them the concert tickets, like all the things that I do for my best clients. So it's super easy to call them and ask for something. We need to put that in our mind for our entire database. Because if you don't ask, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, when you work relationally, get so used to just being nice to people and being nice to people is a great thing. But at the end of the day, you're still a salesperson and you still have to ask because they have to know you need it. And and that's a th- that's a beauty. When you've made enough deposits, you've earned the right to ask. Exactly. And it's not. It's not like oh my gosh, I'm offended. You're asking me for a referral. Exactly. No, they want to do it. They right? want so to. You help have it. to. That's on you to put out that ask. At yeah, that point they want to see your business thrive. Okay, as we wrap up, top three things agents need to put in their head, put in their mind, put in paper, put on the calendar for 2023. One, you have to track your business. You have to in order to build and gain more business, you have to be able to track and see where it came from, right? Now you're creating those systems to it, okay? Two, we talked about it, but once you figured out where that source was and you've reverse engineered what that activity you did that led you to that, double down, triple down on that going into 2023, okay? And three, I think the most important thing, especially right now, is to pour and love into those people that you reach out to, right? 
that doesn't mean like you don't have to like ask for business or referral or whatnot, but don't be so transactional on it because here's the deal mm-hmm. right now we might be planting more seeds, right? Then we harvest coming into next year, given mm-hmm. where rates will be and Love whatnot. It. Yep. But eventually what goes up must come down. And when that happens, you want to be in the position where Absolutely. you've already planted these seeds and now you're ready to rock and roll. Absolutely. I was going to mic drop at that moment, but I do want to go back to tracking really quickly because this is yes. where my brain is squirreling. Tracking the sources is is uber important, but I'm also really passionate and I'll frankly say struggling a little bit with some of the agents in my four walls, tracking and understanding that tracking everything you do with the client, tracking the amount of connections you're making, tracking yes. the amount of appointments you're going on is so important as well. What does that look like for your team and how do you use that information? Yeah, that's a great question. So for for our, our data, our CRM, we every conversation we've had, not only are we noting it in like what day, what time it was done, but even a recap of what was, you know, mm. what happened. Every mm-hmm. event mm-hmm. that you've been invited to, whether you came or not, that's being recorded, right? Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. connection that we've made, you have mm-hmm. to be auditing and tracking all of that, right? Yep. Because that's what that's you're that's ultimately going to be the recipe where you'll be able to replicate what you do. Mm-hmm. It sucks at first, right? Because you're just like, oh my gosh, same thing as like trying to like enter in what you've eaten in a day to like count your calories. But once you get that down, how powerful is that information? And how many better decisions do you start to make? Well, as I always tell people is it lets you know how many activities you need to do to generate the business you want to in the following years. And it's impossible to just pull numbers out of thin air. Because here's the deal. If you are only getting, let's just call it, 20 referrals a year. And on that 20 referrals, you did 11 deals. And next year you think you're going to do 40. Yeah. That tells you right there how many more referrals you need. And then if you know how many referrals you need and you know how many contacts it takes to get a referral, which very few people in my company can even do except for my husband and I, because we've been tracking forever. If we know exactly how many connections it takes to get a referral, then exactly how many referrals we get traditionally before they close to transactions. Because let's face it, not everyone you're referred to is going to turn into a transaction. It's just a fact of life. Then how else can you work backwards to set your goals? You yeah. just start pulling numbers out of thin air and they don't make sense. And then you're setting yourself almost up for failure because you're setting goals. It's not that you can't obtain them. It's going to be very difficult at the pace you're moving. Absolutely. And so my whole thing is if you didn't track it, it didn't happen. Yeah, agree. And I know we're talking about this from you know the front end, like a you know a business building lead generation standpoint. It also works in the in the transaction. So I'll give you an example. We track for all of our listings how many showings we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we can have internally Weinberg Choi. We know that after eight showings, we typically see one offer come through. Mm. That's a powerful, That's powerful data point. When our I talk to clients now, mm-hmm. especially when I need them to make improvements on price, and they're like, well, I don't know. I'm like, listen, seller, after eight showings, we get one offer come through. We've had 20 showings and no offers. Mm. We should have had more than two offers at this point. That's powerful. It's price, right? You can't refute that data, right? So it's important on both sides 
the table to make sure you're tracking as much as you can. As my husband always says, numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. It's it's the best line I've ever heard him use on a listing appointment. It works every time when they're arguing with you or they're looking at it's numbers don't lie. I don't make up the numbers. They're there, right? And they're factual. So unless it's the numbers on the scale, I tell well, I tend to say like <laughs> that if this is wrong. They're lying to me. Well let me ask you this. Do you know how many wine bottles are in your wine cellar? Uh yes. I, I'm embarrassed to say. Do you want me to say it? <laughs> yes, I do. 1200. <gasps> I'm not shocked because I see your wine deliveries on Instagram. I know, but just it's like it's like uh, it's like at, at at like a nightclub, right? One in, one out. I'm the bouncer. One in, one so, out. But so, also, I'm sure you're you're you know, the ones you're getting now are laying down and you're you know, you're totally. very much a, you drink them in order. I don't. I'm just like, this is my favorite. Give it to me. <laughs> I'm terrible <laughs> like that. Terrible. Well, no, to each their own. Right. Well, you have been a wealth of information. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. I know that everyone is going to be um, following you and checking in with you. And where's the best place for them to follow along on your journey? Instagram. Okay. It's my first name, middle name, last name. Tommy, T-O-M-M-Y, Jew, J-O-O, Choi, C-H-O-I. Hit me up. Perfect. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do for our industry and everything you do for Chicago and Illinois and all the other things you do. It's been a pleasure to get to know you. I'm so grateful to bring you to all my people. And for everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you go implement some of these things. Um, Leave a review. Tell Tommy how much you enjoyed today. Go back and listen to his other episode. I'll link it down in the show notes. And until next time, friends, we will see you again very soon. Bye for now. Bye. 